Ladies and gentlemen, the three knockdown rule is in effect. I'm Steve Kim, joined by Iron Mario Lopez. How you doing? I'm well, thank you. How about yourself? We are doing. We've got. Uh, we've got a busy show. We've got so much to talk about here. Um, as we are now halfway through 2023, time are flies. We are. Yeah, it's now That's July. Right. You know what? The sun came out finally here in L.A. And so, so I'm excited my, about and, that. And so did my shorts and, so did, and sandals. Oh God! We've you, got you go you go chanclas year round. What are you talking about? Absolutely. All right, we have so much to talk about. Here's the bout sheet for tonight's show. Uh, Big baby in Toledo, Canelo. He throws a screwball at everybody. He's facing Mel Charlo. And we have an interview with Jerron Boots Ennis, who headlines on Showtime, and Virgil Ortiz. He is back in action. But, folks, uh, this show is sponsored in part by the Hustler Casino. It's our favorite lo- local Los Angeles casino and home of the most popular poker live stream in the world, a Southern California staple since the year 2000. Also, shout out to our boy Oscar Lopez, no relation, from Scalp Micro LA. His company offers a unique and very innovative hair loss solution for men. They specialize in a pigmentation known as SMP. Basically, it replicates the exact shape and size of hair follicles by tattooing little particles of pigment into the scalp giving the illusion of hair don't trip it's actually very realistic and it'll last forever you can see the results in as little as one treatment they create and restore hairlines give the appearance of density to thinning hair so if it's starting to go it'll look a little thicker um if you've got a scar there they can conceal it with hair trans uh translation camouflage burns what have you they use the highest qualities if you're going bald or you're just looking for a new uh look this summer check out our homies over at scout micro la and mention this ad for a free consult if you're getting thin they'll help fill you in all right Let's get started. Round number one. Mario, last week we talked about the PBC and Canelo new three-fight deal, and we said, okay, it's going to be September 16th against Jermall Charlo. Well, uh, in the immortal words, to paraphrase Sergeant Schultz from Hogan's Heroes, we knew nothing. Wow, you went Hogan's Heroes yeah, reference. Dang. Nobody wait. knows what the hell you're talking about right now. But, but anyway, I can appreciate it, it turns old. out that on September 30th, he'll be taking on Jermel Charlo, the undisputed 54-pound champion. Now, Mario, I'll just lay it out there. Even though Jermel Charlo's coming off of a bit of a layoff and it's two weight classes he has to jump up, in my view, I think it's an upgrade. It is an upgrade, and in my view, the more dangerous Charlo. The other ones, I think he's the slightly more talented one. I think he has a style that will give Canelo more problems as opposed to his brother I'm talking about. And I think the brother with the inactivity, I don't think it would have been as competitive. This is a fun fight. And there was like a weird thing going on for a while that Canelo wouldn't face any brothers out there, right? So this ought to obviously uh, uh, take care of that notion. And he signed with PBC um, for these next three fights coming up and I'm hoping we get a lot of different looks and styles and I think this could be a very entertaining fight I think we're not going to see obviously a weight drained uh, Charlo but a guy who's hungry who realizes the opportunity is front in front of him and I think an athletic guy who moves a lot and historically these are the ones that have been given uh, Canelo fits do I think the wheels are falling off and he's like on his last legs no but I think that Charlo will um, prepare himself well and rise to the occasion. It'll make for an entertaining fight. Yes, I'm leaning towards uh, Canelo, but I think it will be an entertaining fight, and I'm not mad at it. I mentioned, obviously, last week that I would like to see Benavides, but I think this fight in this next three-fight run is a great way to start. 
Yeah, Jermel Charlo is coming off a year layoff or will be a have not have fought for about 16, 17 months. But keep this in mind, Jermel Charlo literally has not fought since the summer of 2021. Hmm. That alone is an upgrade. So, Mario, I have a question. You think it's going to be more like Golovkin-Brook, which saw Special K actually have some moments and trouble Golovkin with this speed, but then overpowered? Or doomsday scenario for Canelo. Let's say he really has lost a couple inches off the fastball. Any chance it becomes Pacquiao de la Hoya? I, I don't know if it's necessarily Pacquiao de la Hoya because keep in mind, um, Oscar had not fought that weight in a long time. He was dead at the weigh-in. He, he was dead at the weigh-in. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be the case necessarily for uh, Canelo. And I don't think, and when you say lost a few miles off the fastball, I, I, Canelo is so fundamentally sound and so defensive minded and such a at such a high level that even with uh, it dropping a couple notches, it's still way above a lot of elite fighters out there. But enough of the tread on the tire that has been worn, a young, hungry guy like Charlo, who's very athletic and quick twitch. Could give him some problems. So enough could have maybe, he, he could have, uh, uh, I hate to use the word deteriorated, but it could have, you know what I mean? A, lot, a little slight weird. Slight descent. A slight descent, descent well, but, right. which, which is, is another fair. one, right? Father, father time. 65 fights in, it's yeah, natural. Axel, absolutely. And so I think there could possibly be enough of a descent and you've got a young guy um, with a lot of athleticism and those quick twitch fibers that we're talking about. It could it could potentially, uh, not necessarily Pacquiao de la Hoya, but kind of in that direction, or at the same time, I think the example he gave with Triple G, that could be the case. Somewhere in the middle, I think, might be where we might fall. Yeah, when you have a fighter that's very athletic and quick, when they move up in weight, they do have an advantage in speed. But again, keep this in mind. He's not just moving up uh, one weight class, but two. And people will bring up Shane Mosley against De La Hoya. But I point this out. People forget Shane Mosley had two fights in between. He fought Rafredo Rivera, where he really struggled exactly. in his welterweight debut, and they blew out Willie Wise. <laughs> when it comes to Jermel Charlo, gutty, battle-tested. But if he fights like he did in the first fight with Castaño, laying on the ropes, not real busy, static with his feet, I don't think he has much of a shot. Now, now, now the go- second fight, I was just that's say, the formula. That's the formula, and I thought he made a real nice adjustment because— uh, to be honest, and I'll admit when I'm wrong, I thought Castaño on the heels of that first fight was going to be too much for him for the second. And he really impressed me and he showed me he's got some layers to yes. his game and he was able to pivot, make the adjustments that he need to. And it looked like a, a completely different fighter. So, uh, you know, you're going up against a real guy in there. So there you have it. Uh, September 30th, Jermel Charlo climbs up. It's undisputed against undisputed as he faces Saul Canelo Alvarez. Moving on this past weekend from the Huntington Center. Holy Toledo on ESPN. Jared Anderson won, but it was not without drama. Buzzed twice by former belt holder Charles Martin. Mario, your thoughts? Are you up or down on the stock of the real big baby? Well, first of all, when you said Holy Toledo, I want to give a shout out to Top Rank that they put the fight in Toledo. That was a great atmosphere. Electric. It was electric. It was a lot of fun. I love when they go into these hometowns. Hometown. Look, for the big events, I get it, obviously. it's uh, you Casino money. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you got the casino money, whether it's um, Vegas or, or Atlantic City, but at the end of the day, it ends up being uh, Vegas. But... If we can stop maybe going to Saudi Arabia as often, I know it's hard to turn down that, that dough. <laughs> but when you start, like when Boom Boom Mancini used to go back to Youngstown. Yes. Or even... Um, Kelly uh, Pavlik did the Kelly same. Kelly Pavlik. And, yeah, exactly. Or uh, in Fresno with Ramirez as a yeah. play. Or even in this case, Toledo. It makes a big difference. That's how you it, build fan bases. Yeah, that's how you build fan bases. It makes it television friendly. You can feel the energy with the audience. 
I still really like the kid, and I'm going to tell you why. Look, there were some holes last night, but I feel he, because he is young, their defensive lapses that um, can be fixed. He pulls back with his head, mm. right, against those big mm. guys. You, you, you can't really do that. He gets clean a little too hit sometimes. I feel he likes to let uh, get his punches off, and then he'll kind of fall asleep a little defensively. Take a picture, as they he'll say. He'll take a picture, exactly. But his issues were defensive. And, and because he's young and he's been doing it so long, I feel he can right that shit. What I did like a lot was he was aggressive from the start. Maybe this was the hometown thing that we yeah. say it's sort of a double-edged sword. He wasn't necessarily trying to force the 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 knockout, but he was being um, a little aggressive in there. And I thought he was being aggressive. I like that he was able to switch. And ironically, when he switched to southpaw, that's when he yeah. he hurt the him. Right but hook. then he went back with the right hook. But then he went back conventional. But every time he pulled back with his head straight, it, I, I was thinking Martin, who by the way, props to him for taking the fight on ten days' notice. Um, and he's a big kid. I didn't realize that. And when he, I said, if he's able, because he barely missed him in the first couple yeah. rounds. When he, if he was able to lay yeah. that left hand, I go, oh, that's going to be dangerous. You can tell he's got some pop there. Well, he's got a lot of knockouts. And when he did catch him, what was it, the fifth? Yes. When he did catch him and he had him a little Bambi, I like how he reacted. He bit down on that mat, that mouthpiece. He showed some grit and he went back. And um, did not get intimidated or let it get to him. I, that showed me some heart. And that showed me, okay, this kid's got something here. Now, he made an adjustment and was able to kind of get back to boxing and have some moments. But in the 10th round, when he got buzzed yet again, whoa, he's lucky there was not that much time left or another two rounds. Because I thought my guy was going down so at that point. So hold on, would you say, you of all people, he was... Saved by the bell. Oh my God. I was waiting for that. Do you have a wah wah (laughs) thing? Boo, boo, right here. Um, Yeah, and was it me or did he have his mouth open? Uh, Oftentimes, I don't know if that was a fatigue or it's just just a bad habit, but another guy or a top tier guy, he leaves himself at the end of his punches and pulling back like that. I don't think I question his chin as much than his defensive lapses because I thought he took those shots well. That's a big, strong guy who's got a lot of yeah. knockouts that with some pop, you know, and when you get hit by heavyweights, that's what's going to happen. But he does have to be, I think because he is athletic, make himself small, get himself inside, be busy, keep that head moving, not pull back, stuff that he could work on. But the character stuff, the way he reacted, I like it. And I think he's still, I know people are jumping off the bag when I think he's no. still uh, a dangerous young guy that will hopefully uh, make the adjustments that he needs to defensively. You know who agrees with you? Larry Merchant called me and he said, Steve, I love this guy. Forget okay, good. Like Sometimes right. we're not looking for perfection. And that's a guy that I uh, really admire. Yeah. You know, that was a dangerous opponent. He Larry had. says, guys, you, all, you always look for perfection. There is no perfect fighter. Uh, but it does concern me. One thing Joe Gusinoi says, sometimes you're better off being all the way in close because there's safety and shelter inside. Right. Unless you have the reflexes and the feet like Muhammad Ali pulling back all the time, and here's the thing. This is how much heavyweights have grown. Even at 6'4", which Jared Anderson is in 245, 250-ish. Big boy. He's kind of a smaller heavyweight, though, at the how, upper level. How big is Martin? He looks huge in there. He's about 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, he's a See? big boy. So, and those were long arms. And, and a southpaw. So too, as you yeah. kind of like look ahead and you're like, wow, this guy's a real tall, big guy. This guy has a lot of length. This guy has reach. There are things to work on. Keep this in mind. He's only 23 years old and he's 15 and 0. And another thing, and Antonio Tarver pointed this out in one of his videos and it's very apparent. Jared Anderson has a lot of athleticism, but when it comes to punching, he's got to do a better job of turning over his knuckles. 
And because a lot of his punches are actually not hitting on the barrel of the bat, as they say. That's another little thing that they have to work on. Yeah. And But I do like the fact he said, look, rest of the year, I want two more fights. Because activity is the only thing that's going to get him better. He's been a pro for four years. That's only his 15th pro fight. Well, that's what I'm mm. saying. I think, I think, you know, his issues are fixable. And he's young. And he just sort of takes little naps or takes a picture um, after he has some success. I, I, I do like the way he was fighting ambidextrous, a little, little imitation of Terrence Crawford. He's actually got some pop yeah. when he was able to do that, like we mentioned. Um, he dropped him. But I was more impressed for the way he reacted once he did get hit. Like I said, when he bit down and he fought back and he didn't let it discourage him. Okay, okay that showed me character and you can't teach that. Well, more I have a question. Are you worried or does it? Raise any concern that he got very emotional with Roy Jones when they did that top rank vignette last week. We talked about, I don't want the pressure and I want to be out of this game. I want to be in and out. And so he's 23 and he says, well, by 26, 27, I'm gone. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No. Well, what are we doing here? Well, first of all, no, that's just talk. Look, you think I, so? Yeah, because as he gets uh, further in his career, he's going to start making money. Nobody likes to walk away from money, Kim. Nobody walks away from mm-hmm. money. I don't care how much you got. They don't like to walk away from big uh, paydays. And if he continues to develop and, and stay on this track, he'll have some big paydays. Yes. Uh, also on this undercard, Arslanbek Mahmudov. Uh, God bless you. At, yeah, they absolutely had a couple of layups here on the ESPN co-features. He blew out a former basketball player from the University of Miami. I'm actually surprised it went that long and it only went four yeah. minutes. Uh, oh, also, real quick, I forgot to say, for as far as one last thing with Jared Anderson, I think he should fight um, Jared Miller for the... The, baby, the big baby, the big baby moniker. They got him. Yeah, that's a good style for him. See, now that'd, that'd be fun. Be, that'd be a fun fight. That would right? be a fun fight. And whoever loses can't call themselves big baby. Anymore. Well, the thing with Jarrell Miller is he's wider than he is tall. Yeah. So all those that you could pull back all you want at that point. That's a very good style for Anderson. Also, Abdullah Mason. Again, um, he had another layup. In fact, not even a layup. This was a slam dunk on a Nerf hoop. Mm. But I like this young man out of Cleveland, Ohio, just 19 years old. He's got all the tools. He's the very definition of a quick silver southpaw. Speed, reflexes, technique. I, I think he's a blue chipper. Now, our guy Tim Bradley says he's a young Floyd Mayweather, the pretty boy. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's pump the brakes here like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> I, I mean, again, based on the opponent that he faced. But I, like I said last week, Abdullah Mason, if he was a stock, he's Apple in 1998. I, I would buy Invest. handfuls of okay. it. All right. When we come back on the three knockdown rule, we talk to a blue chip contender by the name of Jerron Boots Ennis, who headlines this week on Showtime. We'll be back with more three knockdown rule. This show is sponsored in part by the Hustler Casino. It's our favorite local Los Angeles casino and home of the most popular poker live stream in the world, a Southern California staple since the year 2000. The Three Knockdown Rule is back, and we'd love to partner with you. If you'd like to sponsor the Three Knockdown Rule with Steve Kim and yours truly, send an email right now to info at boxbid.io. Since we launched back in 2015, the Three Knockdown Rule has continued to be the most entertaining and most informative boxing podcast around. Three Knockdown Rule is available on all major podcast platforms as well as YouTube. Again, for information on sponsorship opportunities, email info at boxbid.io. 
All right, joining us right now on the championship hotline on the three knockdown rule is one of the most talented young contenders in the sport today, Jerron Boots-Ennis, 30-0, 27 knockouts, the IBF interim welterweight titleist, ranked third in the division by Ring Magazine, and now he faces Roymond Villa this Saturday night in Atlantic City on Showtime. Boots, let's get back into this. Let's go back a little bit in January. You faced Karen Chavakian, very difficult style. Um... I'm pretty sure it's not the performance or the way you wanted to win. But how much of that was ring rust and how much of that was Karen's just really negative style? I mean, um, well, first of all, I'm glad I went to a round. You know, uh, it was good to go to a round. And I set a guy out on a, on a bad night. So what you think I'm going to do on a, you know, on, on a, a 100% night? So um, it was a blessing, you know, and I, I'm, glad, I'm glad I went to a round and, and I wouldn't say so much ring rust. I feel like it was just me just being, being like, like excited. Like I wanted to like get the knockout real bad, and I went in there looking for it. And I need like this this camp. I went back to like just being me, having fun, and and not looking for the knockout. And that's 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 how you gonna get the knockout. Not looking for it. So. Y'all gonna see on uh, July eighth. We gonna shine. <laughs> Good for you, man. Yeah, you're right about that. You gotta let those knockouts come, not try to force it. And it's yeah. it's ironic too, because sometimes you have a performance like that, and then people mm-hmm. are, are more apt to want to face you, which is a good thing in your case, because a lot of people prior did not want to face you. If you win and get out of there unscathed, pretty clean, um, will you be looking to fight again this year? You know, if when I win, you know. Uh, we looking to definitely have three fights in this year. You know, maybe come back in the rain, like November or December. You know, uh, trying trying to figure some things out. But you know, we ain't looking for as Roman Villa. You know, he's a good fighter, but I hear my way. He, you know, we back to making statements, so we, we gotta get ran over. You know, speaking of Roman Villa, he actually fought as a co-feature on the card that yeah. you were on, Rashidi Boots, Ellis. and he and he ran down Rashidi Ellis. Uh, number one, did you watch that fight? What were some of your thoughts? And do you think that style fits better for what you want to do than, let's say, Karen Kovjavakian? I mean, I feel as though, at the end of the day, I feel like any guy that I fake, they never fight me how they're supposed to fight anybody else. That, the last guy Karen out for, he, if you watch some of his tapes, you know, he, uh, I watched some of his t- uh, fights after I, I fought him, and uh, I was just like, see what he was going to do and things like that. And, I see he's like walking people down, going forward. Then when he fought me, he just was all over the place. That's an- another example why we don't really watch, you know, the guys that we we face because you never know they might switch their whole game plan just like that, you know. But you just gotta be prepared and be able to adjust, you know. And uh, but, but I feel like Villa style, you know, telling me for me, you know, come forward, pressure fighter, swing a lot of wild punches, uh, you know, no, no defense. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a great night, you know. It's gonna be fireworks. Yeah, stylistically, it, uh, it it should be a lot of fun and uh, uh, fun for the viewer at home. Um, a couple of other guys around your weight class, Crawford and Spence. Your thoughts mm-hmm. on that upcoming fight? Uh, Crawford Spence, like, it's a great fight, you know, um, 50-50 fight. And I don't know who's going to win, but, you know, I feel like it's going to come down who who in the best sheet, you know, whoever, you know, hungry, you know, whoever want to take, take those belts from, from each other, you know, dig down deep and, you know, uh, yeah, just just one one. I'm just curious since we're talking about those two guys. If you were to face them, who stylistically do you favor against yourself? Meaning, who's a better style for your for your uh, for your for for your fight with you potentially? I feel like both both of them. I, like I said before, I really don't even care who won between those two guys. I just want to be able to show my you know my skills 
against the top guys and not, you know, the lower level guys. I feel like, you know, the top guys that bring a different side out of me, you know, and, and I'll be able to show my, you know, my true skill. Boots, I have a question, though. I know that all young fighters are very precocious. They want to get to places, and they care about their careers, not the overall sport. When Spence Crawford was wavering, and it may not happen, was there a part of you that was hoping, okay, I hope it doesn't happen so I could fight for one of the belts, or at least someone can vacate, because if they move up. Because the reality is, Boots, I'm being told that no matter what happens July 29th, they're going to have a rematch, which is going to set back your aspirations to fight for the major world title. Was there any part of you that was disappointed that this may actually hinder or delay your title shot? Uh, I mean, I, I, I like it was like fifty fifty to me. I, I ain't really care. And then I'm like, like they need to fight because everybody want to see it, you know, um, and things like that. But if you know, if they do have a rematch clause after the, you know after they had the first fight, you know, and I gotta wait, um, that's fine with me. You know, I'll take the winner, Virgil Ortiz, and stay on this. Or I, or I fight one of the older guys, you know, um, Keith Thurman or Ugas, you know, one of those guys. Well, you mentioned uh, Virgil Ortiz, and to me, you and Virgil are sort of like the the younger version of a potential mega fight like Crawford uh, in Spence. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are you keeping any tabs on him? He he happens to fight the uh, same night. Uh, no, I mean, I don't keep no tabs on nobody. You know, I just I, I just want to fight the top guys. I don't really care what's really going on. Uh long as they fight each other and we fight each other, I really don't care. I just want everybody to fight each other and, and you know, make, make the fights happen, you know, uh, make the big fights happen. You know, everybody wants to see them. It's time to stop, you know, winning. Boots, you're now 26 years old. You, you've been a career welterweight, yeah. and there comes a point in time where everyone's body just grows, and you're bursting at the seams. Uh, you stay in shape. I know that religiously throughout the year. But are you making it clear you are not moving up to 54 until you get at least a title shot or a belt or two at 47? Uh, yep, you said it perfectly. I'm not leaving 47 until I leave all the belts or at least two of the belts. You know, um, and but the main goal is to collect all the belts at 147 and then go to 54 and do the same thing at 54 and then then 60 and maybe even 68. You know, um, I th- I think it's it's gonna be time though. I feel like I got like another year, year and a half. At forty-seven, but I feel like I can make this way as long as I can. I mean, as long as I want. What what uh what do you walk around at right now, boots? <laughs> right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right I now. Mean, I, I'm about to say I fight. You know, I fight this week. So, or, pardon wait. me. I pardon yeah. you. That, that's two not months, fair. Two that, months I'm ago. Sorry. I'm two sorry. Two months ago. <laughs> two months ago. Not right now. Right now. Pardon me. I meant yeah, because you look so casual. Yeah, I did. Maybe forget. Yeah. I meant like yeah, two months ago. Let's say you didn't have the fight lined up. I know, like Kim said, you do stay in the gym. But what, like, normally, what do you walk around at? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's no that. By the way, you always make the weight, so it doesn't matter. I don't know why people like. You know what I mean? It doesn't. It doesn't really matter. I mean, you make the weight. I when I'm when I'm out of camp, I don't get on a scale at all. Like I don't even. I don't know. Like I just. I'll be up there though. I'll be. Yeah. I get up there. <laughs> you be up there, I, I, really? I'm not gonna. I, I know I'll be up there because my every like everything get like fit like I pose, but. Like my face, like arms, everything. You, like you begin to, okay, when you do step on the scale, when you you realize how much you gotta lose, about what's that? What's that number? <laughs> oh, when it's time for me to go on scale, I I be I usually be like sixty five, but I I know I'd be more than that because I bring my weight down before I get on the scale. Oh damn, you be kicking it higher. You're heavier than me. Well, before sixty five to get. No, okay. if you ever look at uh, Boots and his baseball card stats, uh, walk around right, it just says up there. So that's, that's all it says. <laughs> so, so you ain't no. He said he had a cut to sixty five <laughs> yeah, so before he gets a cut. There, damn. That, that, that all is, right. Hey, respect. It's not. It's, it's not really a cut. It's like, like when I'm in camp, you know, I usually just wait to like. 
I don't, I don't get on scale until like the first two weeks of uh, camp. So I do it like that. I got it. Boot. And then, uh, then I'll take it from there. Yeah. They, <laughs> you know, okay. last year, 2022, I thought it was a frustrating year, not only for Boots, but all his fans. And, you know, I've been a big advocate of his. Last year, he fought basically four minutes. Fought in Carson, two-round fight. And then you only yep. fought once. How frustrating was that for you? I mean, it was, you know, it was frustrating because, you know, I like to stay active. It was up to me. I fight every other month or every month. Like, I just like fighting. I like beating people up. love winning. like love knocking people out. So, it was up to me. I'd be fighting every month, every other month, something like that. But um, it was definitely frustrating a little bit. You know, um, you know, Crawford and Spencer was holding up the division. And then other guys didn't want to really move until they had, like, made their final say. So, they was going to fight each other or not. And so, it was, like, a lot of things going on. Like, yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you just got to be patient, though. That's all. Yeah, it was interesting because last year, or even at the beginning of this year, you know, Boots would tweet, I'm ready to go, training, I've run, I've done this, I've sparred, uh, fight date coming mm-hmm. soon, and it'd be like nothing. And be like, ah, oh, geez. Did, yeah. How many times did you think you were going to fight prior to, let's say, January from the time that you fought Custio Clayton? How many fight dates did you think you had set? I had, I know at that fight, they told me I was going to fight in October, or it was October, and I think I was supposed to be fighting Stan Jonas, and I was, we was waiting, we was waiting, and uh, hear back from them, and then, but everybody, like I said before, everybody was just waiting to see what Spencer Crawford do, because, you know, Stan Jonas right there, and you got the WBA, um, what, I think the regular or something like that? Yeah, the regular. Yeah, so, I, and they was kept telling him, I think they was telling him that he was going to be able to fight Spence, so he was waiting, and then, after that, I was supposed to be case. I was like, are right, you going to fight in November? And I was like, all right, I'm going to fight in November. And it was still supposed to be staying on. He was just waiting around. And uh, then I got a call. And they said that um, Bud wasn't fighting um, Spence. He fighting, I think, Avenesian. And then I got the call from the IBF to, you know, had, had opportunity to fight for the interim belt. So then we just we took that for the seventh. You know, um, your patience uh, is uh, to be commended right there. I like that you don't let yourself um, get out of shape, even though you do gain weight. <laughs> He's, <laughs> up there. He's up there. He's up there. <laughs> That's great. How um, uh, How's your time spent when you're not in the gym? What you, what you into? What you doing? I don't think it's never a time I'm not in the gym. You know, I'm always in the gym, you know, even like helping my dad with the, you know, the fighters that he got. You know, uh, my dad just started training Indy Cruz and things like that. So I... After this fight, I thought one, you know, on Saturday, I'm gonna be right back in the gym, helping my dad with, you know, the rest of the fighters that my dad got, and um, that's about it. But I, I used to play basketball, you know, just chill with the fam, yeah, um, go bowling, just stuff like. I was like that fun. Mario. Yeah, you, you know, about that life? Yeah, little, little vacation. Here, there you here go, Mario. I I've known Bozy, his father, for years. It's amazing how fit and active he is. He's about that life. I Trust me. Uh, Boots it, yeah. was raised in a certain way. This is not just a habit for him. This truly is a lifestyle. Boots, before we let you go, and again, thank you for your patience. We really, really do appreciate that. You're now fighting in Atlantic you, City, which is very close to Philly. But it's not really Philly, Philly. And I've, I've thought for years that guys like you and Stephen Fulton, based on the talent and your accomplishments, could help bring that back. To but the it, old days. It, it is Philly-based, though, because I'm yeah. familiar with it. A lot, all of When you go to Atlantic City, yeah. everybody there is from Philly. Yeah. yeah. It's like everybody yeah. there is from Philly. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. Most of, most of, it's most, mostly like that, though. Most of the time, everybody just... It's only 40 minutes from Philly, 45 minutes. Yeah. It's everybody like going from Burbank to yeah. Santa Monica. No, I, I, no and, I, and I've <laughs> taken the train there from yeah. Philly to Jersey, and then that, like that's an adventure, by the way, yeah, that train ride. Um, any yeah. plans for you to actually headline, though, in the city of brotherly love upcoming? 
uh, you know, hopefully in this, you know, and soon, you know, mm-hmm. uh, maybe in November or December when I, you know, after this fight, you know, me, I might come home and fight in Philly. You know, I, I, I think the the city needs that. You know, me, me fighting in Philly, Scooter fighting in Philly, uh, Danny, J Rock. Um, I feel like that'd be a crazy card. We always on the same card. All right, so, right on, so so after this fight, don't get too up there and wait because we expect to see you again. I like that. <laughs> I'm going to tell this time somebody asks me, I'm going to say, how about, I'm up there. I'm up there. <laughs> We're all up there. I mean, how much did you wait? Did you grain during Christmas? Oh, we're up there. I'm up there. We're up there. Like anyway, Boots, uh, always always a pleasure to talk to you. Please say well. Say hi to your father for me, and we really appreciate your time. Thanks, Boots. Good Thanks, luck, brother. Thank you. I appreciate you all. You got it, buddy. Take care. And that was Boots Ennis, and we'll be back more with the three knockdown rule. Shout out to our boy Oscar Lopez, no relation, from Scalp Micro LA. His company offers a unique and very innovative hair loss solution for men. They specialize in a pigmentation known as SMP. Basically, it replicates the exact shape and size of hair follicles by tattooing little particles of pigment into the scalp, giving the illusion of hair. Don't trip. It's actually very realistic. You can see the results in as little as one treatment. They create and restore hairlines, give the appearance of density to thinning hair. So if it's starting to go, it'll look a little thicker. If you're going bald or you're just looking for a new uh, look this summer, check out our homies over at Scout Micro LA and mention this ad for a free consult. All right, we want to thank Jerron Boots Ennis for his time and patience of the three knockdown rule. Folks, if you'd like to get involved with the three knockdown rule and sponsor our show, we still have some slots available. Please reach out to us by emailing info at boxbid.io. Once again, that's info at boxbid.io. Boxbid.io is an online platform that is launching soon that helps public figures and professionals in the world of boxing get sponsorships. We are proudly working with boxbid.io. Okay. Fight review, fight preview. This past weekend on ESPN Plus, Manchester, England, we have a new women's undisputed super middleweight titleist, Savannah Marshall. Uh, she defeats Franchon Cruz Desern over 10. Mm. And knockout candidate of the year from Sheffield, England on the zone, Dalton Smith with an overhand right kaboom over Sam Maxwell. Right on the temple. That was Ooh. nice, huh? Wow, that was like an axe that came through. Yeah, yeah, that was like like he was pitching. Yes, like he was like throwing a fastball. Well, he hit the strike all right. Yeah, he did. Uh, and by the way, Franchon Cruz Desern did something that I've never seen before. She's the main event. She's a defending champion. Everyone's in the ring. They're doing the national anthems. She sung the U.S. national anthem. She didn't win the fight. She won the anthem, though. She won the talent portion of that contest. So uh, God bless America on this Fourth of July Amen. week. Um, moving ahead, this Saturday. Uh, on the zone from the AT&T Center in San Antonio, Texas. He's back. Virgil Ortiz, a prospect that we were very, very high on, takes on the rugged anvil. Imantistanionis. Wow. This I think this is the battle of the unknown. Mario, check out this stat. Uh, one guy has not fought, this being Stanionis, since April of 2022 against Rotta Butayev. While Virgil Ortiz, this is only his second fight since August of 2021. This fight needs to be sponsored by WD-40. You know, and the frustrating thing is that both these guys can fight, know how to fight, and for one reason or another, I think it was health issues the first couple of times with uh, Ortiz. Rhabdomyolysis twice. Yeah, Ooh. so you, you can't blame the guy, right? But 
what are we getting now and how I'm not familiar with what he was dealing with. I don't know how much of a toll it takes in her body from what I'm hearing. He's healthy and he, and he feels good. I know he was, he's a big kid for this weight class too. So we're going to find out a lot because he's going up against a tough guy in this timeout. But if he's able to look good in uh, a victory, it puts him right back in the mix with the top tier uh, guys right here. You know, I have to be honest and people have asked me this as high as I am on boots. And you've asked me this. Based on resume, which we know about, not projecting ahead of who'd win, what style, who has better wins? Ortiz. If Ortiz beats Donionis, it is Virgil. No, I It agree. is Virgil. Even prior, I would say, so far. Yes. It's, it's Virgil, but especially if he beats him. That's an interesting fight in looking ahead. Not Sanios is not by any means a, a, a gimme, but in looking ahead to Boots, who we had on uh, earlier, that's an interesting fight, and I kind of alluded to it. If they build it up properly, it could have those uh, Crawford- um, Spence vibes. Yeah, let's it. not wait five years because here's the reality: both guys are going to grow out of this well. Right, right, class. right. Yeah, and you that's why I, I actually think they're going to probably end up meeting closer to 54. And I think it'll be a better fight. Stani Onis is a rugged, heavy-handed guy who mm-hmm. wears people down. Just looking at his body, I mean, he just yeah. rocked Stan, up. Style, well, yeah, well, so Ortiz too. You know, two fists so, attack likes to come forward. This is going to be for ironically Fourth of July weekend. It's uh, fireworks. <laughs> I do have some questions about Ortiz physically on the inside. When you've had rhabdomyolysis twice. What is that again? It's basically when you overtrain and your kidneys, I think, shut down. Your body mm. functions just kind of come to a halt. Yeah. A, a product, really, of overtraining. Um, so I just wonder, the first time he gets hit right to the gut mm. or takes some body shots, how does he react? We don't know. Well, that's just it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I would say that for both men, each are facing the best puncher that they have ever yep. faced. That's going to be a good one. Moving on to news and notes. Mario, this kind of surprised me. Uh, Jilei Zhang, the great big bang out of China, will be taking on Joe Joyce. That'll be set for September 23rd in London. Back when they fought in April, uh, Zhang just dominated Joyce. I'm actually surprised that Joyce activated this rematch clause. I don't see what changes, to be honest with you. But Mario, I want to ask you about the heavyweight class. When, When you look at Tyson Fury, does not really have a fight yet. Deontay Wilder is begging Andy Ruiz not to be an, a fourth grade educated guy, uh, a slave to whatever. I mean, that was a wacky interview. That was a wacky That was wacky. Tweet. I was wait, like, wait what? what? He called him a sex slave? A sex slave. What, what happened? happened? Yeah, I mean, a lot of horrors here. But just, and then Anthony Joshua, I think, is fighting Dillian White, which, which is kind of like making Caddyshack 2, as far as I'm concerned, with, without Bill Murray. I don't know. Hey, you know, you mentioned Anthony Joshua, and it might be a little too soon, but down the line, maybe two fights away, I'd love to see him and uh, Jared Miller. Oh, that'd be fine. That would, they've actually talked about Wouldn't it, but remember, fun? they were supposed to fight in 2019, and Jarrell Miller basically t- tested positive for the whole pharmacy. So, yeah. so I, I don't know. If, remember, Eddie Hearn took that kind of personally when he was with us. Yeah. But I have a question: Are you now starting to have? I know you're a big fan of Tyson Fury. I know that you like him. You get a, but you know when he lies, when his lips move. I mean, there's, there's got to be a lack of credibility, isn't there? But the thing is, why well, he has? I don't think he's ducking anyone. I don't know what it is. Does he really <laughs> want to fight anymore? He's made a lot of money. He doesn't have anything to prove necessarily. Isn't he fighting Ngannou this week? Before it changes, by the oh, time I the show airs, the Ngannou fight's going to be. Why would you? Does he? Uh, one would think that he would have. Uh, he's he's not. He wouldn't be facing as dangerous of a opponent in Usyk. Just considering the size, right? Because when he had a big puncher with Wilder and what have you, but but because of whatever reluctance or whatever that did fight didn't get made, I don't know. I'm like kind of tripping on why he. I don't know if he even wants to fight anymore. To be honest, the the thing that gets me is every week there's a new report of when Fury and who Fury's going to fight, and then inevitably 
a day or two later, he's, he tells all his dossers none of it's true, and he's doing this. So, so Frank, Frank Warren will say, okay, we're going to fight King Kong in Saudi Arabia in October. We're like, okay, so then we report it. 48 hours later. No, no, I'm fighting the Easter Bunny in Liverpool. Yeah, I and mean, it, was, it wasn't in Ghana either. It was John Jones he was talking about. Are you sure? I'm I've, 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 I've lost he track. He might have started with Ghana, but the latest was John Jones because they were going back and forth. Okay, by, by Wednesday, it'll be Tank Abbott. <laughs> yeah, tank I, Abbott. I pulled one out there. Dang, but I did, but Hogan's come, Heroes, Tank Abbott. Oh, but there's one heavyweight fight that really is for all the marbles. Him and Usyk. Yeah. I'm beginning to think he doesn't want it. Believe it or not. But why? One would think that if he just keeps it, it doesn't seem like that would be stylistically not as dangerous as a, as a fight than his last three. It's weird. I don't yeah. understand. Right. And, and as for Anthony Joshua, what is being reported is, I guess they're going to rematch Dillian White in the late summer. Look, uh, to me as an American, I don't really care about it. I get it from the UK angle. They have a rivalry. They already fought once. Activity is important because I guess the plan is, in December in Saudi Arabia, talk about a fight that was overcooked and burnt to a crisp. Wilder versus AJ in the Middle East. You still have any interest in that? Would you rather see that or would you rather see Wilder Ruiz? I'd rather see the two big guys, Joshua and Wilder. You, you don't think it'd be competitive with Wilder? Ruiz? I mean, Ruiz, no. I think the problem with Ruiz is he's not reliable. And I will say this. Let me be very fair. I don't think he deserves 50-50. No, I agree. He doesn't. He doesn't. And if he's going to stand on that, right. I'm going to say, oh, no. you're kind of doing some 60, duckage here. 60-40 fair? 60-40 or 65-35. Yeah, that, that's more fair. But if they agree to 60-40, I think that wouldn't, be too, that wouldn't be too bad. I would actually like to see that fight. I would. Yeah. Look, he stays outside. We know what's going to happen, but I think his hands are quick enough that he can make it interesting. If he gets get past the first four rounds. That's what I'm saying. And he's a pretty fluid guy despite yeah. his shape. And he starts slipping and he's got those quick fluid yes. hands. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's you, what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Look, and it makes it interesting. The time that you saw Deontay Wilder live was October of 2021, right? That's been about two years. He's fought three minutes. Mm-hmm. So we don't know, even though he blew out Hellenius... We don't know anything about Deontay Wilder if he's going to fall apart like that car in Blues Brothers that we, we don't talk know if he's about. The same after Fury. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. No, I, I actually hope that fight gets made. All right. So when we come back here on the three knockdown rule, we wrap it up with Ask Mario and Final Flurries. This show is sponsored in part by the Hustler Casino. It's our favorite local Los Angeles casino and home of the most popular poker live stream in the world. A Southern California staple since the year 2000. Shout out to our boy Oscar Lopez, no relation, from Scalp Micro LA. His company offers a unique and very innovative hair loss solution for men. They specialize in a pigmentation known as SMP. Basically, it replicates the exact shape and size of hair follicles by tattooing little particles of pigment into the scalp, giving the illusion of hair. Don't trip. It's actually very realistic. You can see the results in as little as one treatment. They create and restore hairlines, give the appearance of density to thinning hair. So if it's starting to go, it'll look a little thicker. If you're going bald or you're just looking for a new uh, look this summer, check out our homies over at Scout Micro LA and mention this ad for a free consult. And we're back on the three knockdown rules. Steve, Kim, Mario Lopez talking all things boxing. And we now move on to the Ask Mario segment of this fine program. Here's one from Adam Logan. I think he's referring to what took place with Jared Anderson. How do you draw the line between boxes being ticked or warning signs? One man's chin check is another's too easy to hit. One dude gets through a crisis. Other has a suspect chin. 
How do you decide which is which? It's an interesting question. I want to correct myself because I said earlier I, it would be a fun fight, Joshua and Jared Miller. I met Jared Anderson. Yes. That would be that would be the fun fight later on. Just wanted to point that out. Um, I think how you react, how you react to getting hit is uh, the big difference. And I think, like I was said, I'm getting my Jared's confused. Anderson, yeah. <laughs> who just fought, he showed me a lot. Because, as you like to say, when you got uh, Camacho'd or Rosario'd, Rosario, I say, oh boy. I don't think he, he didn't react like a guy who got Rosario'd. I think he showed me a lot in his character and his uh, in being a young guy and considering the circumstances, fighting in his hometown and what have you. So I like what I saw. I'm still high on him, like Larry Merchant. Would you consider Muhammad Ali a pretty good heavyweight? Uh, are you talking about... For, uh, because I, I just point this out, uh, and Breadman Edwards tweeted it today, and I, I was going to bring this up. If there was Twitter back in the mid '60s after the Henry Cooper fight, where oh, that big him. left hook sure. and Angelo Dundee had to kind of pry open the gloves, hey, we need a little of a break here. And there was another fight that he had against Doug Jones at the Garden that he struggled. Yeah. They would they would have said, "Oh, he's a fraud. He well, got exposed. He ain't nothing." Listen, especially with Henry. First of all, it's it's boxing. You're getting hit. Yeah. Especially at this level, you just you're going to get hit. It's inevitable. Um, and especially with the heavyweights, that more than anything. The punches are, are it's a tightrope. It's a tightrope. So you're gonna get hit. It's inevitable. You can't fight a perfect. No one's not gonna get. By the hit. way, Delahoya when he got drilled to the canvas, flash knockdowns against Narciso, Narciso Valenzuela and Giorgio Campanella. Yeah. Then I remember he was hanging on for dear life on the inside against John John Molina. Yeah. Everyone said, okay, Delahoya's a fraud. He's not tough enough. He turned out okay. Yeah, now, yeah. but after, And he actually ended up having like he's a good it turned out, yeah. As soon as he got his ass back from not being in the sauna for an hour. Yeah. But also, but they also took some steps. That was the fight where Bob Arum said, that was scary. We need help. And that's when they brought in Jesus Rivero yeah. to help out that Alcazar. Yeah. So I, maybe Anderson does have to kind of think about, do I need to have to expand my horizons in terms of what I'm being taught? You don't have to necessarily get rid of your guy. That's right. Just add. You. Just add. Exactly. Here's one from the Tasmanian Wills. What makes an undisputed champion these days? It used to be holding the IBF, WBC, and WBA. I would say this, it's still. And WBO, though. The four belt there. I, I would say that's the criteria. All right, I have a question, though, because there, there's this online debate. Do you consider Tiafimo undisputed or linear? Because you got to have all four. I think part of it is you got to clean out the division and have all four belts. Technically, Tio just won one fight against Taylor. There's other belt holders. Do you have to collect all the other belts? That's kind of my thinking. But there's so many things and factors that are out of your control. Uh, to, to, to make that happen to me, I still think if you beat the man and he was the man in that division, then you're undisputed. To me, in my eyes. Even if he vacates all the other belts and there's three other belt holders that yeah, are pretty damn good. he vacated them. Yeah. He vacated them. He didn't lose them. He vacated them. Because so, yeah. I do believe there's a difference between lineal champion, the number one guy, and then you have undisputed. I mean, again, it's very convoluted. That's boxing. Mm -hmm. Here's a question from Shy Guy. Question to both you and Mario. Uh, let me punch it up here. A buddy of mine is not sold on Poo Poo Andre, his words, and Big Charlo. He believes that Danny Jacobs would have smoked both of them in the past. Do you guys agree? I mean, it's hard to kind of mm. go back and, say, you know, when you go, that was going to say a generation. I don't know if that'd be a generation, but that'd be, you know, to go back. They're still all active. So yeah, it's definitely still this, generation. Yeah, it's this generation. He was early in the generation, though. But Danny's more battle tested, though, by far. There's no oh, doubt yeah, about absolutely. It. Absolutely. And he's faced danger, uh, more dangerous opponents. Gosh, I can't even say the last time I saw Boo Boo fight. 
Well, he actually fought on the Tank Davis fight, and he got knocked down by Desmond Nicholson on the first fight of the pay-per-view. So basically, Mario, like that's everyone right, else— because I wasn't there. I, that's right. They missed it, too. That's exactly, because <laughs> right. I wasn't there. At all. That's right. He fought. That's right. I wasn't there. But the here's, here's the issue. Um, one thing about Jacobs at the upper levels, outside of Peter Quillen, which may have been a quick stoppage about, what, five, six years ago? He was a big, he was a big military, He's too. good enough to last. Yeah. And, and make it competitive and make it interesting. He's never really dominated anybody, but he is more battle-tested. I he will had, say that for that him. that fun fight with Sergio Mora, I remember. Yo, man. I remember Mora actually play. knocked him down, yeah. too. And Mora was not a great puncher. Yeah. Here's one from uh, MGA for Life. Guys, I think Jared should be looking for a different trainer now. It's good to be loyal to the boyhood team, but he needs to get with someone with a proven track record of developing fighters. The talent is great, but the fundamentals need work. Well, I don't even think it's the fundamentals so much as it is uh, the defensive uh, liabilities. And we just discussed, he doesn't need to get rid of his guy, but just add someone. And I do believe he needs to keep fighting. If he had any delusions of grandeur that, hey, I'm two fights away from a title, I'd say, ah, 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 mm. try about five or six. I agree. Let's be realistic about this. And here's one from local. Orale. Um, do you guys think the UFC will try to take over Cinco de Mayo and Mexican independence dates from now on? Because that's happening this September, I believe. It, Yeah, listen, uh, currently they've got three. And this is unbelievable because they only have eight champions in the weight classes. It's like old school boxing. Old school boxing. I don't know if you've noticed, but they're the original eight weight classes from boxing. Nat Fleischer approves. Isn't that yes. crazy? But that's how Dana wanted it because he's really a boxing guy. And... Of those eight champions, three of them right now are Mexican, believe it or not. Orale. Is that crazy? G- considering it's a oh. global sport. UF so, Chingon. So I, but I don't necessarily, obviously it'll work out well if you happen to have a Mexican fighter who's a champion fighting on that date. But I don't know if you necessarily, if they have to be. Because as we know, yeah. Mayweather fought a lot on that date and sort of took yeah. over. But I think Dana, because he's savvy um, with those particular dates and he was a boxing guy, I think they will start to kind of take over and then it'll be a head-to-head deal. If it fits, they'll do it. Yeah, if it fits. Because exactly. doesn't the UFC, they do a monthly pay-per-view in addition to the roster of other fights. Sometimes it happens like, hey, if we have an Ortega or a, or a Julio or a Gonzalez, yes, we'll go on those dates. But they do things a little bit different. They do things more logically than boxing, which is very, very fractured. It's expensive to be a UFC fan, too. The pay-per-views come not just once a month, sometimes yeah. even more frequent. Yeah. Uh, moving on to final flurries. Mari, I have a question. Uh, much of the sports world in the NBA is talking about Zion Williamson and his uh, entanglement with Miss Mills, Mariah Mills. I have a question for you. Um do you think it's more alarming that Mariah Mills may be pregnant with his child because she put up that pregnancy test or the fact she tattooed his name on her right cheek? I was hoping and I mean that, the face. I was hoping that was fake. Is it was that fake or was that I real? hope I don't know. I, I it hope looked it pretty real. It looked pretty real. That's yo, that's fatal attraction so, uh, 2.0 right there. Watch the bunny rabbit. That's, might get boiled. That's bad. Glenn Close. Oh my god, look, when you're messing with um exotic dancers. And adult film stars, I cleaned that up. Yeah, well, you really did. Then you, then you know, you're in dangerous waters right there, player. Because once <laughs> you get tattoos in certain pl- uh, places with the name or the face, that is a declaration of I'm planting the flag. You're not going anywhere. Oh my, oh my that, god! No, that's where the people start to run. Yeah, that. Oh boy. Poor. Th- uh, oof, he better call Maury. Figure out if that kid, if in fact, are she's you pregnant. the father? Uh, uh, yeah. Mario, this past Friday was the birthday of one Michael Gerard. Tyson, happy 57 to an American hey, icon. And I'll be honest, finest. I was not a big Tyson fan growing up because I was a big Ali guy. And I never. A big Tyson. That was our I era. What's the matter with you? I, you're right. And I've come to appreciate it more and more. And 57, you know, I go back to that era and I went to Montebello High School, which is 97% Mexican. 
I can honestly tell you the nights that he fought that next day at school, it was talked about just as much as Julio Cesar Chavez or the Dodgers or Raiders. Oh, Mexicans loved him. Of course. And you know, I loved him since uh, we were kids and continue now. And if you think about Tyson, it's an only in America story where he became the youngest heavyweight champion. He was 20, but he could have been 19 had that fight happened a couple months earlier the way it was supposed to. And he achieved all this fame and glory. And then my guy got locked up. Right. And actually did some time. 91 to 95. Yeah, he did some he did some real time. But then that didn't matter because he was such a nice, authentic guy and people liked him. He was able to come back, come out in movies like Hangover. And oh, he's reinvented himself. That's There's what I'm no saying. Doubt. That's what I'm saying. But only in America kind of story. And now he's big in the cannabis business and, and he's still any fight he goes to. People love him. It, uh, thunderous applause all the time. And 57, pretty young, considering how long he's been on the scene. He, When he beat Michael Spinks in 90-some-odd seconds in the summer of 88, I literally thought this guy's going to go 100-0. and zero. And it taught me a lesson, though, as I look back now. Never judge a fighter in terms of all-time status till it's over. Because I remember the veteran boxing writers, guys like Burt Sugar, were saying, my God, when it comes to all-time great heavyweights, it's either Joe Lewis, Muhammad Ali, or Mike Tyson. That's what they were saying. I remember reading those stories. Mm-hmm. And when, when he lost to Buster Douglas, February 10th, 1990, of my senior year of high school, every everyone at school who didn't watch the fight wanted the VHS tape. I mean, it was the talk of the town. I remember a few months before Chavez Taylor. Uh, five weeks. Yeah, five and weeks, actually. I'll yeah, never forget, uh, my senior before my senior year of high school, I'm what a year for playing summer league baseball. I'm on the Montebello Brewers at Grant Ray Park. We totally ripped off the Brewers uniforms and the logo and everything because the MB. So there was this one game in late July. I didn't want to play in it because it was a Mike Tyson fight was on HBO. Because most of his fights actually were not pay-per-view early on. People forget that. So I'm warming up. I'll never forget. Grant Ray Park, I'm warming up. And I'm telling my coach, God, man, we're missing. Because he was a boxing fan, Mexican guy. And I go, man, we're missing the fight. Warming up on the first. Because I oh, don't worry about it, Steve. You get a tape. I'll, if I get a tape, I'll show it to you. Don't worry. A tape. <laughs> so he walks off. Five minutes later, he comes back. Hey, Steve, don't worry about it. Fight's over. I go, what? And he goes, yeah, he knocked out Carl Williams in like 60 seconds. Yeah. By the way, it was his last fight before Buster Douglas. It was the last successful title defense he had, and it was like a big thing. Yeah. So when you see Mike Tyson, who had endorsement deals, an iconic video game, I don't think any fighter now can reach that popularity, Mario. Even a Canelo or even anyone, a Tank Davis, Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford, maybe George Foreman did. But I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to rack. I remember when he did the interview with Robin Givens, what a big deal that was with Barbara Walters. Yeah. Everyone was talking about that nationally. When you look at, and you have to look at the whole body of a career, and you mentioned George Foreman. George Foreman, to me, is in my Mount Rushmore of all-time greats because he had a successful career as a young man, and then he was able to capture the title and become the oldest heavyweight champion um, as, as an older man, oldest ever, yeah. as a matter of fact. And then... He had success outside of it with the grill and what the have great you. American pitch man made it, it managed to have his faculties be, be, be uh, uh, a preacher and a broadcaster. Just overall, his career, his life, it's a Mount Rushmore top. Yeah. But wouldn't you say? Yes, absolutely. And the movie, yeah. I'll say it again, it was actually pretty good. And you nice. know, I'm tough on boxing. No, I know, I know. It, was, it was better than Creed. Uh, speaking of iconic figures, Arnold on Netflix. Our guy Tino said, "Steve, you got to watch it." I was like, "Yeah, you know what." I enjoyed it. I, I really liked it. Arnold's always been my favorite, man. Never do you see someone achieve such greatness in three different areas. Seven-time Mr. Olympia, never been done. In bodybuilding, it's an incredibly tough sport. I like how they're so flagrant about the steroid use and all, but they were all using it, and they were all open, and he still, yeah. and he would tell you what he was going to do. Congratulations. Hmm. 
You're getting second place. Yeah. <laughs> he would tell you. And that, and then became the highest paid actor, biggest box office star in the world, could barely speak English. Which, by the way, his English has not improved the yeah. 50 years he's been here. Part of his charm. Yeah, I know. I love him. And then was able to marry a Kennedy and become a governor. If you saw it in a movie, you wouldn't believe it. But man, all that, and I love, you know, I love me some Arnold, but why do you have to smash out the housekeeper and like, <laughs> and throw a monkey wrench in his family and the kid who I happen to know, Joseph is a nice kid and obviously it's not his fault. He's it, the most in shape of all the kids. Looks just That's like the him. Thing. He got the genetic, he had the he's genetic pumping iron right there. He's, he's pumping iron. Like just, he's got the, he's, oh my God. But oh, it kind of, it kind of, Kind of taints all the other stuff because what good is it? You know what I mean? It's just oh, and I know we make mistakes, but why did it have to be like the housekeeper in your home? <laughs> I uh, I appreciated the fact that Arnold is very grateful to the opportunities of this country. He loves He's a it. true patriot. He exactly. loves America. He's not bitter about it. And I think there's something to be said about that. Mario, this is interesting. My former place of employment, ESPN. A lot yo, of changes. No, they clean house. A lot of a lot big of names. Wow. Um, I think it was financial reasons, but yes. a lot of boxing guys too. Your boy, Max Kellerman, uh, is no longer there. That was surprising. He'll bounce back. He'll have opportunities. Yeah, yeah. No, he's been uh, there for a while. I was just surprised in yeah. many different uh, aspects. Uh, Andre Ward, he's he's no he's no longer there. Um, other names that you're familiar with? That Oh, uh, what's his name? Um, basketball. Steve Young. Oh, he's Steve no, Young's no longer there yes, either? Yes. Oh, uh, Todd McShay, draft guy. Yeah, no, oh. part of the Fab Five. Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose. Personal no favorite there. of mine, Susie Colbert, who I thought brought professionalism and class. I'm a big fan of her. Wow. Um, a lot of people, a lot of notable people. I'm going to say something about Andre Ward that's going to surprise a lot of people. I found myself disagreeing with Andre a lot. I did. I can't even say I'm really a fan of his as a broadcaster. And, and when he was a fighter, me and him did not get along when I was on that side of it with against him. We had, I would say, a uh, pretty tense relationship. But, and this is going to surprise people, he will be missed from that team, and I'll tell you why. He provided the perfect counterbalance to Tim Bradley, who's much more the fan-friendly, exciting, gregarious guy. And I've said this, if you're going to have Joe Tessitore, all right, and and of course Bernardo Asuna, who is the do-it-all guy, great guy. You can't have two Tim Bradleys if you're going to have two fighters on that desk. You got to have that contrast. Sure. It wouldn't work with two Andre Wards. It wouldn't work with two Desert Storms as much as I liked him. I thought that dynamic actually kind of worked. I think he'll be missed. You know what? I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. I um, think that Andre will too, will will also just be fine. Um, possibly at Showtime or I'm sure, I know he's got fans at other places. I'm curious to yep. see who they're going to follow uh, up with in that spot. Listen, um, for me, fighter turned broadcasters, the two guys that I tell you that I really like who aren't uh, locked in anywhere at the moment are Pauli Malignaggi and Antonio Tarver, who we had last week. Yes. I think those guys who are former world champions and it's very difficult to get behind the mic and call it like it is. And I think they do a good job. Do you agree? Yes. And by the way, both their nicknames are the magic man. What are the chances of oh, that? Oh, wow. That's right. I didn't even think about that. That's <laughs> by right. the way, our guy, Tim Bradley, I want to say, Tim, thank you. Thank you for saying that trainers and fathers do not make oh, we, that, started, that, we, were, we were trending last that, that thing huh? went vibe boy yeah. people are upset at 
Tim Bradley. We forgot to ask Boots because his dad. Oh, is that's why I think I know the answer to that. But, but Tim is always welcome here because I love the fact Tim is not afraid to say what he's going to say. That's our guy. By the way, believe it or not, I, I looks like I'm going to the UFC convention this upcoming week in Las Vegas. By the way, programming note: we're taking a week off next week, uh, but we will be back uh, second or third week of July. We're not going to miss that many weeks. What what is this UFC convention about? It's a big thing, though, dude. It's awesome, and you have to go to the uh, facility they have there. It's like UFC land, like Disneyland. Oh my God. You've never seen such a great workout facility. The equipment is- Oh, state of the art. I've seen videos. It's next level, but it's, and then the different pools and and, and the the equipment of the octagons, the rings, it's just, it's, it's incredible. You could be there all day and not use a half of the equipment. It's incredible. You're going to love it. And then the- um, the actual, it's its own little theater and performance area where they have yeah. the uh, the institute there. It's a, you're gonna you're gonna trip. Is out. that connected to the apex? Yeah, it's all oh, and it's, wow. it's all and it's 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 all in this big compound, this yes. whole area, about ten minutes from the strip of that. All right. So yeah. anyway, folks, if you'd like to get involved with the three knockdown rule and sponsor our fine program, we still have some slots available. Please reach out to us by emailing info at boxbid.io. Once again, that's info at boxbid.io. Boxbid.io is an online platform that is launching soon that helps public figures and professionals in the world of boxing get sponsorships. We are proudly working with boxbid.io. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us again. And thank you to Jerron Boots Ennis. We'll be back in two weeks. That's right. And we won't be gone too long. So I'll be of Mario Lopez, Smoke and Tim Frazier, and Tino. Hey. Till the next round. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>